Right. Okay. So from your business that you did, like, do you work with many realtors or is it primarily just because I'm a guy who's like, Hey, I'm pro realtor. I think if you get the right realtors, it's great for your business. But so how many realtors would you say you work with, you know, just out of curiosity? Zero. Right. So if you're listening and you don't like realtors, which is, you know, possible, then this is definitely a great concept. The most inspiring stories from today's most successful mortgage brokers. Join your host, Scott Peckford, on I Love Mortgage Brokering. Hey, Broker Nation, Scott Peckford here. Today on the show, I have John Panagakis. John is one of our 10 Loans a Month Academy coaches. And as I say with all of our coaches, they all have a particular set of skills. And John's skills are working in the divorce and separation niche. Last year, he did 40, 45 million, and 80 to 90% of that was actually from that niche. So it doesn't chase after realtors. And like any niche, you got to actually enjoy it. So it's important, but it's interesting how you can build a very successful business focusing really narrow on a particular type of client, not a particular set of skills. And a couple of things we talk about. One, he talks about how by getting into this niche and working with lawyers and mediators earlier on in the process, he can help advise them on how to structure things so that the family, especially when collaborative law, how they can still keep the home or one of them wants to stay in the home. But of course, as you know, if you get the separation agreement wrong, then the chances for that happening go out the window. And so by taking the consultative approach, he's actually built some great referral partners. And so we just talk about that as well. And also he talks about how it's important to review the goals of a client to help understand how you can advise again, not giving them legal advice, but how their choices with their separation agreement in terms of their financing and their payments to each other can affect whether or not the people can stay in the matrimonial home or one of them can keep it and the other one and not mess up the kids schooling. It's a pretty cool niche. And so he's one of our coaches. If you're interested in finding out about potentially working with John, you can go to 10loansamonth.com. And when we open up our next sessions, you can go check that out. You can find out more about what he does. I also want to give a huge shout out to one of our corporate sponsors or actually our title sponsor, Finmo. So thanks to Finmo, we've been able to continue to expand the types of shows that we want to create and this show in particular. And so a couple of things you want to know about them. First, really simple document collection. So if you're in Canada and you're like, hey, man, I want to figure out how do I get documents from my clients? Finmo has really done a great job of this. It's very easy user interface from the client side as well as on the mortgage broker side. They make it frictionless in terms of collecting documents. They don't ask for the same information twice. So if you've already started to fill out the thing and then send it to them, it's not like they have to start over from scratch. And it's got smart docs, which allows you to as the person's filling out the application, it's actually intelligently figuring out what documents to ask for. So check out finmo.ca slash ILMB to find out more information about Finmo. And thanks again for checking out this episode. Hey, John, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. So, hey, tell me a little bit about yourself and your business. Yeah, so mortgage agent. I worked for Safebridge Financial Group out of Toronto. And then within that, I created something called Separation Mortgages, which is a service dedicated to people who are separating and divorcing and need mortgage financing. Okay, so were you always in the separation niche or what prompted you to go down this niche? You know, we all know that there's a lot of clients that need help there, but what made you go down that path? It sort of fell in my lap. I wasn't having a lot of luck with realtors. Right. So I was like, eh, and then met a family lawyer who did mediation and we started talking and then we developed the relationship and then she started sending me some files. But what we noticed was that, you know, 10 years ago, anyone and their brother could get a mortgage. It wasn't very difficult to be approved, but with the ongoing rule changes, there were more bumps towards the end of the signed separation agreement. 
And with, you know, stress tests and other things that were happening, I went back to that mediator and said, hey, can I consult only on the mortgage piece before the client signs the signed separation agreement to make sure that Mrs. Smith or Mr. Smith can qualify for the mortgage if they're keeping the matrimonial home. Right. What was the lawyer's response to that? She loved it. Right. She's like, this is amazing because, you know, it gives the client greater confidence to sign. And then we were able to provide the process on going from lawyer to me down to the bank, all the underwriting stuff. I think it created a smoother process for everybody. And now we just do more of it. Right. And what you're doing is some separation agreements will kill mortgages faster than, you know, because they'll come back and be like, oh, you no longer qualify because of what's in your separation agreement. So you're basically getting ahead of it. So I'm going to come back to the separation thing. So how long were you in the mortgage business till you fell into this niche? Maybe a year. Also, oh, not that long. And then, so if you don't mind me asking, last year, what kind of production did you do and what percentage of it was in this particular niche? In terms of volume, probably between 40 and 45, maybe. Million, then, you're saying, right? Yeah. Yeah. Between 40 and 45 million. And then I would say probably 85% of that was separation divorce. Right. That's a huge chunk of your business. So is it mostly refis or what's the percentage split of refi to purchases with that niche? More, it's probably more refi than it is actual purchases. Our goal is whatever the goal of the client is. So usually we primarily focus on what's called collaborative. So, you know, two people coming to a table, not going to court and want to hash out a deal with two lawyers who've also decided not to go to court for the client. So we try and help where, you know, Mrs. Smith wants to keep the house. She wants to keep the kids in the primary residence and in the same school district, same sort of friends. So we come in and try and make that happen and provide insight on mortgage rules and what she needs to do to qualify for a mortgage. And then ideally, if we're helping Mr. Smith, not always are we handling both transactions. Sometimes it's actually a big headache to handle both transactions for those of you that are listening. But if we're handling both, then we also try and help Mr. Smith you know, live in the same neighborhood. So there's a very, really good co-parenting relationship that exists so even though two people have butted heads and the relationship has dissolved for insert reason, that at the very least for the sake of the kids, they can create a really good co-parenting relationship that's going to last a long time. Right. Okay. So can you give me an example of where you were able to advise and, you know, put together a scenario that would have not happened if you weren't, you know, coaching the lawyers, you're not coaching them on their job, you're coaching them on the financing piece and how what's written in that agreement is going to affect financing options. I think. Yeah, hundred percent. I don't give independent legal advice. I probably say no. that 25,000 times a week, small exaggeration there, but yeah. So usually, you know, two lawyers or the mediator or whoever will approach us and say, Hey, look, you know what? Everyone agrees that, you know, Mrs. Smith is going to keep the house. They'll usually provide a range of what spousal and child support payments will look like, whether she's receiving or paying. And then my job is to say, okay, if she's receiving, here's the minimum that she needs. Anything over and above that is gravy. You guys figure that part out. Or if she's paying or he's paying child and spousal support and he needs to buy a property, what do those numbers need to look like so the bank can approve the file? Right. So that's where we step in. And then right. the lawyers I can see you adding a ton of value to that because otherwise they get through this whole process trying to be collaborative, trying to live in the same community. And then, oh, dang it, I can't qualify for a mortgage in this community because my separation agreement, it kills my ratios. So I can see why, you know, lawyers love it and clients love it. So how have you gone deeper into specializing into this? So it's one thing to have a lawyer that says, hey, this is a great idea. 
you know, John, but then how does that go from that into multiple lawyers and, you know, a $45 million a year business that's built around this whole concept? Yeah. So I found it very interesting. It was more than just, Hey, here's a low rate. Use me because, you know, I have really good mortgage rates. It was, Hey, we're actually putting on our thinking cap and literally changing the lives of Canadians who are probably in the worst time of their life. And so, you know, you do one good thing for one lawyer, he or she will say good things about you to somebody else, so on and so forth. And then I just started advertising. It created a bit of a marketing brochure. I just started telling people like, hey, I'm the guy. I actually have a registered trademark called Separation Mortgages. Someone said, hey, why don't you trademark it? So I did. And I got that seal from the Canadian government, which is kind of cool. And I just created almost like a brand. Like I created something called Separation Mortgages. And a lot of lawyers know about it. And that's my Instagram handle. All it is, is just useful information for people who are either going through it or lawyers who need a few more tidbits of information. Right. Okay. So from your business that you did, like, do you work with many realtors or is it primarily just because I'm a guy who's like, Hey, I'm pro realtor. I think if you get the right realtors, it's great for your business. But so how many realtors would you say you work with, you know, just out of curiosity? Zero. Right. So if you're listening and you don't like realtors, which is, you know, possible, then this is definitely a great concept. And then, okay, so we skipped a couple of questions. I'm going to come back to a few of them anyway that I think would be interesting. So tell me about a failure that you had, but now looking back, there was a lesson in it for you. When I first started doing what I do for separation divorce, I really went out. Actually, those of you that know John Papadopoulos from RMG Mortgages, he gave me my first marketing sheet. And something about the spousal bio. And I just put it on a piece of paper, an eight and a half by 11. I still have it. And I would literally start knocking on doors saying, hey, look, this is what I can do for you and your clients. And it was black and white on eight and a half by 11. And I thought I was king shit. And people looked at me and they laughed. And because they looked at me and laughed, I was like, okay, I need to sharpen my skills a little bit here. I need to come to the table with something a little bit more than just crap on paper. And right. so I took that and polished it. And I actually invested a fair bit of money into it, into like design and all that stuff, just to make it look a little bit more polished. But then I started learning about all the questions that lawyers were having, and then I studied them. Right. Okay. So that was your failure. Now it led you into now really the whole branding and the exercise. So what's the single biggest change you made your business in the last 12 months? So COVID has affected businesses. I don't know if you're digital before, but what kind of changes have you made? Yeah, we've always been digital for the most part, especially the last, like, say, five years. But biggest change is probably being proactive with probably five or ten lawyers that I work with and just going deep with them. If there's a rule change, here's what the rule change is. This is what it means. Not a big deal. Or providing different scenarios to them on how their clients can keep the house or how their clients can buy another property. Right. So now in Ontario, which I'm sure is consistent with all properties in Canada or the vast majority of properties in Canada, you know, properties are worth a lot more and not everyone can afford a million dollar mortgage. Not everyone can afford an $800,000 mortgage. So we've put different scenarios in place where this is how you do a partial buyout, right? So Mrs. Smith is keeping the house. She can only afford say 600, but she owes 800 to her ex-husband and her ex-husband's okay with $200,000 being tied up in the house here's the scenario, here's how it works. And just giving them ideas on how to do that. So just being creative. Yeah, it's creative problem solving. So what's the biggest misconception people have about this niche, do you think? They think that because they need information very, very quickly, they often think, hey, you know what, I'm just gonna go to my bank. And I'm like, sure, go ahead, right? But 
what ends up happening is on a Friday afternoon at two o'clock when there's a settlement conference or there's a mediation, the banker's not picking up their phone at two o'clock. Right. right. Most people aren't picking up their phone. So they call me and they're like, hey, I need a pre-qualification. Can they get qualified? And I'll drop everything. I'm like, yeah, no problem. Here you go. So it boils down to service and saying, hey, I can do this for you, but we need to work together. Right. So you've said 45 million. How many lawyers would you need to make this be an effective opportunity? Yeah, fair enough. I would say maybe five to 10, not too many. Right. So there's lawyers, which are great. There's something called like a family professional. There's also something called a financial neutral. So there's a lot of people that people can market to or to try and network with that are going to send them deals. And then, you know, I've sponsored a ton of events. So I've been around the block a little bit. And honestly, you're only as good as your last deal, because if you screw up, they're going to tell 10 people. Right. That's no different than realtors, though. You always have to be like, bring your A game every day. Okay. So you're one of our coaches, actually. So you coach a cohort in our 10 loans a month academy. So this is a new thing for you. You just started in the last quarter. What have you found about now coaching people on your stuff as opposed to just doing it like you were in the past? Yeah, it's good to give back, right? And that's how I look at it is giving back to a community of mortgage brokers who want to learn more. You know, I think the five or six people that are in the class are super awesome. They're ambitious and want to learn more. To me, it's a bit of an ego trip, to be honest. Like I do enjoy it, but it's like, hey, people are listening to me about, you know, separation mortgages. So it's kind of cool. And I'm happy to give them as much information for them to succeed. I don't see them as competition. I just see them as, you know, really good professionals that if they're going to help people in the process of separation divorce, that they're giving the best information. Right. That they're actually, yeah, they got more tools or more strategies in their yeah, toolkit. Yeah. All right. So let me move to some rapid fire questions. You can answer these shorter answers if you like. What's one thing people can't find out about you from Google? Two things. I'm in the Beer Pong Hall of Fame. And I is a Beer Pong I, Hall of Fame. Yeah. I was in Boston on a, the original name is Play Beirut. So me and a whole bunch of buddies went to Boston on a road trip and entered a Beer Pong tournament. And the other thing, I bid the famous dollar on The prices Right. You did? Yeah. And did you get on the show? Nope. I was selected second overall in the opening credits. And I was that loser that sat there all day and I couldn't get on stage. Oh, that sucks. Who was the host at the time? The host was Drew Carey. Okay, sweet. All right. So what's a movie everybody should watch at least once? A movie called Greater. Greater. Okay. And what's one software program, digital tool you can't run your business without? Our CRM, we use Hurricane, so I can't run my business without it. Right. What's one book you recommend for our listeners? Outwitting the Devil. Pretty good. Oh, yeah, I've heard of that. That's like Napoleon Hill. Yeah, it's a good mindset book. Yeah. Okay, elevator questions. This would be easy for you because you're so niche. You're in an elevator, your sure. ideal client, you have 30 seconds to explain what you do. What do you say? I will get you to the road of happily ever after faster. What would you say to a lawyer? So let's say if you're in an elevator and it's at a conference and there's a whole bunch of divorce mediation lawyers in the elevator with you and it breaks down because of a storm and they're like, hey, what do you do, John? While we're sitting here, how would you describe to these ideal lawyers what you do? I tell them I solve the mortgage problem for their clients during separation divorce. That's a great answer, by the way. Or like, how do you stand out from that? So their ears perk up. And we just start having a conversation and they're like, how do you do this? So I just tell them a little bit about me, tell them examples. And then depending on if we're at a conference or wherever, I might say, hey, do you know so-and-so? And I'd be like, talk to him about what I do. And then get that lawyer to talk to the other lawyer about me. I um, see. So you get your current well-known lawyers to give you their 
as much as possible. Believe it or not, I met one of my top referral sources as a lawyer. We were both in the men's room washing our hands. We're just like, hey, what's up? Hey, what do you do? Told them. And like one of my top referral sources came. Right. Let me ask you this. Like how many closed loans would you get from say one lawyer? What would be like a decent number? Just so again, people can wrap their head around this. Uh, Maybe one a month. Right. It's like 12 a year. That's pretty good. All right. Last question. DeLorean, remember the movie Back in the Future, the car, you could travel in time. If I could put you in that, send you back 10 years and you could sit down with yourself and you could say, here, John, these three things you must know. What would you tell yourself? I would say you need to niche. I would also say start your database off right and don't go for first time home buyers. Definitely go for people who have assets and you need to solve their problems. Right. And in your case, it ended up being the separation and divorce Divorce. sort of category. Okay. Well, John, it's been awesome to get to chat with your brother. I'm grateful that you're part of our program and that you're one of our coaches that teaches this stuff. And so where can people find you online if they want to check you out? Separation Mortgages. That's my my Instagram or separationmortgages.com. Right. That's awesome. Check that out. And what I love about this is you have a niche that it's insulated from market cycles, from booms and busts. And you're not chasing what everybody else is chasing. So kudos to you for that. Thanks, man. I really appreciate it. This is an I Love Mortgage Brokering production.